Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Eagle Exchange. My name is Matthew Stricker, and I'm here today with my good friend, Nicholas Wright. And we are interviewing the one and only dynamic duo from The Upside. Now, Jeff and Callie, just can you guys explain to us what The Upside is and take us through? It's a, a, a daily podcast that we started a few months ago with the intention of teaching anyone who cares to listen about how powerful gratitude is and how important it is to always look on the upside of, of things, good, bad, or indifferent, always try to find the lesson or the upside in it. And we don't see we're both negative people by nature. So we have to work really hard to see the positive. And we have, you know, it's a it's a practice of getting into it every day. So we wanted to kind of walk our listeners through, okay, you don't have to be sunshiny, rainbow, perfectly happy <laughs> to be a more positive person and to want that for yourself. Um, you just have to want it and then be willing to put it into practice. And it the mindset of turning things into the positive and forcing yourself to to focus on that is a mind shift that has changed both of our lives and anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. So we saw the power in that and we do that not by like, hey, this is, you know, things are only great and if you strive, you'll just be perfect. It's, hey, this is real life and this is how we navigate it and you can always find a lesson or something to take away from it mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes some digging to get there but, um, you can always get there and we have this community of listeners. So we all kind of have this we're in it together mindset. Mm -hmm. So when something bad happens, like in your life, what's your thought process behind picking yourself up? Okay. So when we were dating, which was like years ago, <laughs> we, Jeff read some random article and we have no clue where he read it. So we can't properly attribute it about gratitude and how if you write down one thing a day that you're grateful for, it can literally rewire the chemistry in your brain. And Jeff was like, would you want to do that? Maybe would you want to try it? And I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, sure. And we started writing down one thing a day that we're grateful for, like on note cards, it can be really dumb, right? Like I'm grateful for pizza. I'm grateful for <laughs> bottled water. I'm grateful, whatever. Or I'm grateful that I had a good day, anything. And we started to see a pretty crazy shift in our lives. And that's how you get to seeing the positive. Like, it's really weird. I was just uh, in the car the other day and a woman pulled out. She just wasn't paying attention and kind of pulled around a stop sign. So I had to slam on my brakes. And the old version <laughs> of me probably would have given her like a hand signal and probably, <laughs> probably cussed and let her know how mad I was. Mm -hmm. um, but there was no accident. Like, no, the cars didn't touch. And I could see her face, and she clearly looked, like, embarrassed. Yeah. So she was probably just, you know, glanced down at her phone, or maybe she had, like, a kid in a car seat who started crying or fussing or something. So I just went around and just went, you know, kept going. And my thought was I actually felt bad for her because whenever yeah. you get almost mm -hmm. get in a car wreck, you feel that adrenaline, and it just kind of throws you off. So the thought process... Uh, that, that you asked about, it's not like a step-by-step -step when something bad happens, here's how we're going to do it. Yes. But if you can find a way to practice gratitude every single day, all of a sudden you just notice it happening. 
Because I'm very aware that that's not how I would have reacted a few years ago. You've been like, what's that person's problem? Why are they so rude? Why are they cutting me off? Why are they not paying attention? Mm -hmm. Um, But getting, when you practice the daily gratitude, the idea is for 10 seconds a day, you're saying, you're forcing yourself to say, okay, what's good right now? And on your bad days, maybe it's, I'm grateful for the shirt on my back or, you know, something really simple. Um, but forcing yourself to do that changes your brain. So when you are in a tough situation, you're like, oh, well, you know, at least whatever. And you find it becomes automatic. So it's a cool thing. Um, the, that's the outcome of doing daily gratitude. And then a couple months into it, you're like, wait a minute. I'm different. I'm different. <laughs> that's weird. Um, you know, and you still get mad and you still you know, get upset and things happen, but at least you're constantly looking for the lesson and you can be like, okay, there's something more here. Like it's not all bad. Um, and if it is a really bad situation, okay, I found the lesson in it mm-hmm. and I can save that and use it for whatever's next in my life. Now, when you mentioned um, bad experiences or when you go through different trials and tribulations, my curiosity lies in what happens when you have gratitude and it's not always a positive outcome. What steps do you take then to at least gather yourself and make sure that you still have a positive, upbeat attitude? The number one thing is to remember that no matter what it is you're dealing with, there's always a lesson somewhere wrapped up in there. So if you can accept that you might not know what the lesson is right now, you might not even know it a year from now, but if you can just appreciate that what you're going through now is setting you up for something in the future, then that helps make it easier. Um, It's one of the things that we are very intentional about with our podcast is there's a lot of people out there who do these gratitude uplifting shows where they're super over the top, like life is great and everything's great and just keep going and everything's perfect. And we acknowledge it. Sometimes it's not. And when it's not, it's okay to just kind of be there in the, in the not like be present with it big be present in in the bad stuff it's just the gratitude then almost becomes like well i'm going through this to make me stronger for something else so there was a there was a time in the past year that was really hard um and jeff looked at me so he got fired um he worked at q100 and then start 94 and had his own show and then he got fired um last may from his own show and his coworker, like his co-host was his best friend of 15 years. And she was heavily involved in that. And so what he was experiencing was a friend betrayal and people that had been listening to him for a while wanted to know what happened. And the community wanted to know what happened. And we sat down to record it probably 20 times. And he's like, I can't do this. Like I can't find the upside right now. I can't, I don't see the positive in this situation right now. And the longer we sat on it and kind of like, talked it through and talked about you know how he was feeling and like certain things that they had been through together he came to his upside it just took months to get there I mean we were not able to record the episode of their friendship breaking up for three months and the upside of it was that we were just in each other's lives for like a season it was a long season it was 15 years we were in each other's lives and we both benefited from that while we were there. But then it ended, and that's, like, it was almost kind of like a, so be it, accepted. Like, now it's time to move on to the next chapter. So sometimes the upside isn't, like, this 
giant you know beam of light that comes down and says here's what was great about that or here's what will be great sometimes it's just the fact that things just are you know and of course we both learn stuff from that and um it'll affect how i treat friendships going forward and and Mm -hmm. whatnot because there's lessons in it but yeah but we also had the the podcast too so the upside of all that happening we were thinking about like he never would have quit that job unless he had been fired because he was really struggling with is this the place for me is it not and they made the decision for him so we wouldn't have our own show none of that would have happened um without going through something hard and being like you know what i'm gonna get up and not only am i gonna get up we're going to go big and see how it goes. I can relate to y'all's message because, like, I think this year I really had a moment where I had to just kind of grow up and see everything as it is. So when things happened, I kind of for a period of time, like, beat myself up about it and, like, just was down in the dumps until I actually realized that, like, things happen for a reason, like, things change and whatever, like, changes because of this is for good like it's not ever for the bad so i just kind of realized like you know like the upside and like seeing the good out of a bad situation it's a really valuable thing to be able to go through and i think when you're in it it is really hard because you're like nothing about this can be good and when you start seeing the bad stuff not people always like to use this analogy of like oh well you're falling down or it's like the downswing of an up like before you get to climb up and i kind of hate that because okay, maybe it's not. What if it wasn't a fall? What if you weren't falling down? What if you were building your strength to move to the next thing? You know what I mean? What if that was the next step up? So then after that, you could take the next step up, you know? Now, I I think I heard, right, you had the radio show and the podcast coexisting at the same time? No, I had the radio show until the middle of May. And I had been talking since the beginning of the year. This is last year. I was talking to Callie, and I thought she should start a podcast. And I was like, "You should really, you should start it. You should do it. It'd be great. People lo- like love to listen to you, and you're you're very eloquent. You got a good message." And um, so then, when I got fired, almost as a well, I just have to ask, but they're gonna, you know, when when you get fired, I had a contract, so there was a separation agreement that we had to negotiate. Basically, and it says like how long you can't work in the same market, like for a competitor, like you can't go get a job across the street. That's kind of what a. So we were yeah. negotiating my exit, and I had my lawyer say, "Well, would you mind if he did a podcast?" Knowing that they would come back and go, "No, he can't do a podcast. He can't." Mm-hmm. work in this market for a year or however long it was and they responded with we don't care about podcasts so, and i was like oh <laughs> so I, I heard that as a challenge the, <laughs> literally the room is laughing right now yeah. everyone <laughs> everyone is laughing that is so, interesting that so, was our reaction too we're like really okay really? Like, I, I think i even called her because <laughs> we would te- we'd text a lot updates like after she would talk to their lawyers and, and i think i read that and then i called her and said I think I think you autocorrected something. Read, say it again. And she's like, they don't care about podcasts. And I said, okay. So we ended up picking a launch date um, for the beginning of August. And toward the end of July, we just threw some practice episodes up to make sure I was you know, doing it all right. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know how to upload the shows and the RSS feed and all that stuff. I didn't know any of that. And those were so well received that we actually started our show earlier. Now, before we get to your amazing story, Callie, on how you got to where you are today as the podcaster, I want to ask you, Jeff, what tools or tips and tricks did you take from radio and apply to podcast? It's a really good question. There's, um, 
so many of them that I think the number one thing that I, cause I worked in radio for 25 years and what the people who are operating radio companies and radio stations right now don't understand about people who listen to podcasts is that the game has changed. Like back when I started at Q 115 years ago, when somebody came out with a new song and you wanted to hear it, you had to listen to the radio, you know? So, uh, when whoever had a new, you know, single out 15 years ago, you know, who you had to <laughs> listen to the radio to hear it. And that was the only way now fast forward. What was it? Two or three years ago that everybody woke up one day and Beyonce had released not only a whole album, but a whole series of videos to go with it and everything. So if you're a Beyonce fan, you've listened to that album beginning to end six times before you even turned your radio on. So there's no reason for people, for any radio station to play music as an, to appeal to people. Right. So with a, with a podcast, it was actually difficult for me to forget these radio lessons that I had learned. Like we were so trained to tease people and keep them engaged for five minutes longer. So you can listen to this like random chain smoker song, you hear the punchline <laughs> of the joke or like whatever. You don't do that in a podcast. You just open the microphone and you start talking. And what I found out is for years, these radio consultants are preaching this personal connection with the audience mm -hmm. And you can't make a personal connection talking five minutes at a time. But we started the podcast, and within a month, our listeners are organizing their own meetups to go hang out with each other. <laughs> they're mailing us Christmas cards and birthday cards. Like, they're, they're sending us drawings that their kids have done. Like, I've made more of a connection with the folks who listen to The Upside in six months than I did in my three years at, at, at Star 94. I'm not just saying this because we're, we're doing it now, but it's just the way people consume enter audio entertainment now. It's just different. Would you say it's like more personal? Yes, 100%. Like all you want is that personal connection in radio. Like all you want is that personal bond. And I have more of a bond with the people who listen to The Upside now than I was ever able to make there's less noise yeah. in podcasting you know what i mean like there yeah. may be like one or two ads but like you're hearing them usually from the host and there's not like jeff was telling me that he was listening to a radio show he really likes on his phone and he's like someone texted me or something and that reminded me that i had to do something else and then i got online to check instagram for this and respond to this and he was like i was actually really super into the story the guy was telling and i didn't realize for eight hours that I never heard the end of that story because I just got distracted by there's so many distractions yeah. and the great thing about podcasting is you can just hit pause <laughs> like you just hit pause and you come back whenever yeah. it's good for you or you can binge or listen or you know do whatever and there it waits for you podcasts yeah. wait for you and then when you come back you just pick up where you left off lovely now I hear from that you guys made amazing connections with your fans and it's not just a simple um oh they're just gonna listen to you guys just maybe they can network, meet you all. They have built a relationship listening to yes. your stories and messages. Now, Callie, your story um, or how you got to hear when you came to speak to us at Woodward Academy, you mentioned the difference, the key difference between simply networking and building relationships. Can you talk about how you got to hear 
and the key difference between the two? So networking to me, I always think of when I was in college and we would, they would have quote unquote networking events mm -hmm. for our major, you know, where they would invite people from the industry to come in and everyone was like fighting to meet whoever was in the room and like pushing other people out of the way basically <laughs> to get, to make that connection. And like, okay, if you get a business card, okay, so what? You know what I mean? What does that mean? And the question is for all of these really busy people, like what, you know, what's the added value? Like, what can you do for them? So I think, you know, you guys know this, like if somebody comes to you for anything and they only come to you when they want something, yeah. you're like, okay, this person is kind of like mm -hmm. mooching and mm -hmm. you know, it's different if you already have a relationship with them or a connection, like we have the connection of Woodward. So I feel like we already know each other because we have that bond. But people a lot of times are like, oh, I want to network with that person. Well, what about that person? What's interesting to them? What's cool for them? What can you bring to them? So I like, I heard someone say years ago, I have no clue who it is. Stop networking and start relationshiping. So I love the idea of not just calling someone when you need, when you're trying to get a job or when you want something, but just being like, Hey, you want a good coffee? Like I'm interested in this. You are too. Um, and that keeps relationships going. Cause you guys know how it feels when someone always comes to you and they only want something. Yes. And then you know how it feels when you guys have a give and take, and then you develop a friendship. And when you take time to do that, I have found that people will go so far out of their way for you. Um, to go above and beyond. And, you know, Jeff has done that too with people, even interns at his radio station that have gone above and beyond when he has a like endorsement opportunity. Someone wanted to pay him to do something that he couldn't do. And the first person he called was the hardest working younger producer and said, Hey, do you want to make a couple hundred easy bucks? Because someone asked me to do this. And I thought of you cause they had the relationship. So. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know in the interview with Mr. Carrington at Woodward, you talked about how important like people from high school were. And you said you like had a roommate from high school and just like a lot of people from high school you went back and connected with. Um, I feel like there's always those people in high school who are just like, I can't wait to get out of here. None of these people matter. Like, I don't need to make connections with these people. What would you say about that? Like the importance of having just those connections in high school and like. Well, it's funny that I said that because I was not someone that thought that way in high school. I'm just now <laughs> seeing the value of it. So do as I say, not as I do. Um, but, you know, it's just weird, especially in a city like Atlanta or, you know, a, I know a lot of Woodward grads that are in New York and they see each other. But you don't know who you're going to run into. And you could be going in for a job interview and turn the corner and it's the kid you were mean to in high school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they have the boss's ear and they're really liked at work and all that. So I don't think that you have to be everybody's best friend or go above and beyond for everyone in high school. But just not being a jerk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just know that maybe somebody in your class that you don't particularly like could be your boss someday. Um, or you might need something, you know, I almost, we almost rented a house from someone that I went to high school with that I didn't know super well in high school. We weren't in the same friend group. I've also had to call different people and say, Hey, I need a favor. <laughs> and if you're a jerk to the people around you, like you lose that. Um, cause people will be like, no, why would I want to help you? You were such a jerk to me. So the relationship might not mean anything now, but it's again, it's the relationshiping thing. You know what I mean? As you do, relationships are important and burning bridges is never a smart thing. 
Um, you should also stay in touch because I left my hometown at age 18 and never looked back. And my best friend in high school uh, was David Muir, who's now the host of okay. World <laughs> News Tonight. So, <laughs> what? Should have stayed, should have stayed in better touch with, with, with him. My 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 parents stayed in better touch with him than I do. Like they're like, hey, did you see David? He's he's over in Iraq, and I'm like, yeah. so. <laughs> I emailed him. Like, great dad. <laughs> now, before we go, I wanted to hear you guys' advice or key takeaways you would give to a student in high school or someone trying to f- not only figure out their path in life, but if they have an interest in podcasts or struggling and trying to find their way in their working field, what advice you would give to them? Because I know after you um, interviewed, um, Mr. Carrington interviewed you, Callie, I had st- a per- one student actually text me that night and say, Matthew, I saw you go up to her. Oh, my God, I was so scared to say anything because she said you resembled her in high school. There's a lot of students that probably will not admit it, but most of them do not know what they want to do. They don't feel like they have the star student. They don't feel like they have the accolades, the label, the classes to show that they are an ach- like an academic achieved student. And when they saw you, they said, Matthew, she made me smile and she made me feel proud of who I was because they felt like they can excel in whatever they do because they saw you do it. That's the best compliment ever. And I don't think, I don't know what Jeff's high school grades are, but you weren't a superstar student. Uh, Yeah, I was. No way. Yes, I was. I was National Honor Society. Okay, never mind. So don't listen to Jeff. I had the highest SAT scores of my class. Yes, I Okay, was. never mind. Well, don't... <laughs> never mind. Anyways, Before the I point... Said, <laughs> don't try to bring me down to your level. <laughs> so the point... Uh, I, just my... I just didn't apply myself. David Muir did. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, my advice is to, to listen to what people tell you you're good at, even if it doesn't seem like a compliment at the time. I mean, in high school, I was... Uh, well, I did not get... I did not take any honors classes. I graduated with... Um, a B average, like a 3.2. I made Eagle roll like one semester silver Eagle, which was like the biggest deal in our house. Cause I, it never happened. I was never a shining star in high school, but people did tell me things along the way, even things that I thought were bad. I talked too much in class. Well, guess what? Now my voice makes a living for me. So, um, there's that, or, you know, you're too sensitive. Well, guess what? That makes me good at my job. Cause that's means empathy. So take what people say you are, And think about how you can use that to your advantage and don't worry about the labels because ultimately that stuff doesn't matter. And another thing that I think it's important to remember is like, it's not about the math problems. It's not about, I just learned this when I was preparing to speak at Woodward and I just had this aha moment. It's not about teachers don't care that you're not going to do something in math. They don't care that you're going to never take another chemistry teacher class again ever. What they care about is that they're teaching you how to figure out how to work with people you don't like, how to do group projects when someone's late, how to, um, you know, stand up and give a presentation because guess what? I do that every single day at my job. So don't get caught up in the, Hey, I didn't get that problem. Right. It's not about the problem. It's about the process. So it's about the process of saying, hey, I don't know how to do this problem. I don't know how to solve this. And looking out and saying, what are my resources here? Is it the teacher? Is it, you know, after school hours or whatever? And it's really not about the class. It's about the journey, which sounds cheesy, but it's true. 
In 10 years, you'll be like, oh, I remember what you said. <laughs> <laughs> we'll what do you think? This episode. <laughs> Mr. High School Overachiever, what do you think? <laughs> um, I think my course was very different, like um, only because I already brought him up. I'll, David Muir and I became friends when I was at the library, and like I would sign out the AV equipment, <laughs> and he wanted to sign out a camcorder to film himself doing a fake newscast. So he signed it out, and then I ended up like filming his newscasts and he knew i mean this is in sixth or seventh grade he knew from that point forward that he would be that he was going to do something in tv and i watched him like all through high school and then up until i went to college and then graduate school and he worked at the local tv station like he knew what he was going to do i left school and i had no idea i was was pre-law at one point i was policy studies at one point i dropped out of college at one point i've never i don't have a college degree but i trusted my gut and followed my instincts and they worked out really really well for me so there is something to be said for that you know trust in your gut part of it um and just knowing just being being really self-aware about what you're good at and if you don't believe in yourself because i had a hard time with that trust what other people tell you so if somebody's telling you that you're really funny you're really talented you're really smart you're really math comes oddly natural to you you have a great memory for history even if you're like because you don't know if you're if you're really good at math you don't know what it's like to not be good at math Mm -hmm. So trust what other people are telling you because that's that's an asset, you know, going forward. Well, we want to personally extend our thanks on behalf of Woodward, on behalf of Eagle Exchange, on behalf of ourselves. Thank you for coming here today, for dropping knowledge on us, not only and the listeners as well, not only here but on you all's podcast as well. We heard it. Thank you so much. It was amazing to hear. We were like, oh, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the upside. That's awesome. Um, we, uh, you guys can find the upside on, I believe, all platforms: Spotify, Apple yeah. Music, mm-hmm. anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Search the upside, and you'll listen to two amazing hosts. That's about anxiety and making the upside in any and every situation. Thank you all for listening. Tune in next time to hear another episode of Evil Exchange. We're out.